build a customs broker who's been a linchpin for over a hundred years in moving international trade, you know, in and out of the U.S. And um, it just is a logical step that the government would require that these individuals that they license maintain their knowledge of the industry. Welcome to Simply Trade, brought to you by Global Training Center. My name is Lalo, and together with my co-host, Andy Shiles, we have well over 60 years of combined trade, logistics, and supply chain experience. Along the way, we have seen and experienced different challenges in trade compliance. We decided to put the show together and call on our friends and colleagues in the business to discuss these topics and just hang out with us to shoot the ship on all things trade. Thank you for spending some time with us. Enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Uh, we're back uh, here on uh, the podcast, and uh, so new year, new goals, new adventures for everyone. And so we're, we're starting off 2023 with a bunch of episodes talking about careers, I guess, and uh, what to do with your trade compliance and what to do, how to how to set up a plan and everything. So today. I invited, or or we invited, and by the way, Andy's not on the show today. Unfortunately, he he was uh, traveling, and so we he couldn't be on the show. But um, which is just as well in the sense that um, Global Training Center, the way we're set up, obviously everybody now knows uh, from the show that we do training and uh, education for trade compliance, and so that's exactly what this um, episode is going to be about uh, on education, furthering your career. And uh, in this case, I actually like this because it's a different area that someone may never have thought of. I'm normally, when you're in trade compliance, you think, okay, well, so what's the best thing we can do? Oh, we can become a customs broker. I mean, that's that's the the first thing that comes to everybody's mind, only because that's about the only official government license that you can obtain uh, for you to justify that you're 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 in trade uh, or that that you ditch your homework, let's call it, uh, in trade. But there's a bunch of other alternatives. We're going to talk about a few here uh, with our next two guests we have on our on our show. Um, we have Cynthia Wittenberg, and we also have uh, Kiko Zuniga, or Kiko. We all know him as Kiko. His name is Federico, Federico Zuniga. But the whole world knows him as Kiko. Like, everybody knows me as Lalo. That's not my official real name, you know, but anybody, anybody knows me as Lalo. But anyway, so we have them. They're from the NEI, which is a division or the education arm of the NCBFAA. Um, so we'll, we're, we're going to talk to them. We're going to talk about different um, uh, training alternatives, career development, et cetera, and uh, how the, uh, the NEI um, can actually help um, uh, for for uh, professional development uh, in in this field in the trade compliance and uh, I guess logistics, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. Well, welcome guys, uh, Cynthia and Kiko. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks, Lalo, oh, for good. having us. Sure. So I started talking about that and uh, the, about the biggest programs that we know of for the NEI. For those of us in the circle that know about um, NEI, um, is the CES and CCS, you know, the Certified Custom Specialist and the Certified Export Specialist. And, of course, there's the next level, the master level of those. Um, our company, Global Training Center, has always worked with you guys as well as other providers, you know, education providers, in, uh, in uh, continuing education credits for those that are already certified. But um, I kind of just wanted to start there. Let's start with that and see, um, you know, how we can discuss uh, a little bit more about the uh, CCS, CES programs and how that helps an, an individual, um, um, maybe an employer have their individual be certified as well. So, Sure. 
Uh, I'll go ahead and start. You know, the Certified Custom Specialist Program, Certified Export Specialist Program, were actually developed uh, to help the service providers, customs brokers, to uh, stay and maintain a, a certain level of knowledge on, on international trade. This business changes rapidly with every trade agreement, with every administration. Uh, there's always changes to the regulations and the rules. And if you're not doing continuing education, you're going to be hard pressed to, to service your clients as a service provider. What we found very early in the game was that uh, importers and exporters need the same amount of knowledge than, than we do, that we do. And it's, it's actually providing a, or li- uplifting the, the level of professionalism within the trade community because all the pe- parties that are involved with the transaction now have a better concept of what they need to provide to, to have a good transaction that doesn't get stopped at the border, doesn't run into penalties and fines, and things of that nature. So that was kind of the background for the, both the import and export certifications. Just for, there's nothing in college today that I know of that addresses the practical aspects of international trade. There's a lot of high level economics type courses in international trade. But when you talk about the basics of clearance, there's not one that I know of. So we were filling that, we were filling that gap for people, you know, and, and as a, as a customs broker, my best accounts that I work with the best are the people that have an idea of what to do in the transaction. If I have an importer that's coming to me and saying, Hey, I don't know anything about what I'm doing, but I, all I know is I want to bring a product from Mexico into the United States, do that work. When we can do it, that's not going to be my best account because I'm going to have to really explain the whole process. I'm going to, I'm going to have to explain why I'm asking for certain information instead of it just free flowing to me in the process. Right. Right. So that, that, that actually, um, um, in my previous life in the, in the software field, when I, when I was uh, in um, selling or, or producing and maintaining and helping clients in the software field of uh, trade compliance, same thing. You're right. I mean, maybe my software can tell you if your product qualified for NAFTA back then, USMCA now, but you not knowing why it qualified is could be a problem because you can be putting in a wrong HTS number and they're in itself, there goes the whole thing, right? I mean, so you need to know how, how, how you're working and do it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, so Cynthia, on uh, on the you, you're formally from CBP, and we've we've talked to you be, uh, previously uh, prior to to this uh, uh, episode about that about your career in CBP. But um, how does or does CBP see any of these certifications as um, like during an audit, for example? You know, and do they place value on that and say, well, they are educated. I mean, will they go easier on you? How does that, I mean, I don't know how, how, how that might be to your benefit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about the go easier, on no, yeah. you, but it's certainly, certainly one of the factors that they, uh, CBP considers when they are conducting a focused assessment or, you know, even, well, hopefully you, you're not in the situation that you have an outright audit, but a focus assessment they're looking at how many folks you have that are certified or who have their broker's license, who are continuing their knowledge of the industry. And so it is, it is a factor that counts on the positive side of the scales when they're out there looking at a company's business and their, their um, 
processes and their internal controls because what, you know, I remember when I was an, a national account manager uh, and maybe some of the medium-sized companies, all of the processes kind of, you would have one person who was carrying the load and that's, you know, that's, that's a risk area. If every, if all roles lead to just one person, then that could be, you know, a single point of failure should that person leave. But if a company has, um, can demonstrate that they have others in the company who are educated as to the clearance processes, who understand the whole ecosystem, then that, again, that counts on the positive side of the scale. So it is, it is, um, it is definitely looked at favorably. Great, great. Yeah. That, and that, that, that's more of where I was going forward. I mean, of course, you know, wh wh however that, that ends up, it ends up right. But, but yeah, that's, that's good. So one of the things I like to talk about and I always uh, emphasize, and I've, I mean, I've been in Kiko's ear for, I don't know how many years about this is that, so we do training, we provide um, courses on, um, one of them happens to be on uh, preparing for the broker exam. And, um, but here's the problem. We have people who are experienced and, and are working for companies. And at this point in their life, or even whether it's early in their career or later in their career, there's no advantage to them being a licensed broker at this point. You know, they're working for XYZ company, they're the importer. They're helping doing all the import documentation or exporting. I mean, because you do the CES as well. Um, so they come to us and they say, "Gosh, I mean, all this studying for the for the broker exam and the low passing rates, and this scares the heck out of people." Of course, you know when you see a a low passing rate, et cetera. So you see all that, and they're like, "How can I prove to my boss that 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 I um that I uh that I've got those." skills that knowledge and i'm a value add to your company and a lot of prior to us even being in a relationship with uh, ncbfaa or, or the nei um you know really our answer was i mean well you can take our classes and you can get your certificate etc which they still can but something that's more um we decided early on that we're not going to do certifications uh within our company because in my opinion, that certification carries as much weight as what your employer or you think it carries. I mean, there's nothing out there that says this certification is um, in other countries. You can get it certified by the government and it'll weigh, it'll weigh more, right? But, I mean, here in the U.S., there's really nothing that the customs is going to say, yeah, their program is really good, et cetera, and it's certified and we approve it. Um, there's nothing like that. So we decided to go to third parties and especially like you guys that are um, nonprofit um, that 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 create programs and we can support those programs. And so we tell people now, well, there, you don't have to go to that level. You can prove that you are just as knowledgeable as a licensed broker by taking and getting certified in this CCS or CES program. Um, so I don't know what, what what do you see in that in 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 and and in your history. So Lalo, just uh, we've been doing the certified custom specialist now for 15, 16 years, mm -hmm. uh, and and the credibility of a program, any certification is how well accepted it is in the marketplace, right? That that's right. the real factor. Does the marketplace recognize a designation for its worth? No government's going to say. I mean, I can tell you, it's great. Right. But that's me. Right? <laughs> but if the 
the market is saying, are you certified as a certified custom specialist? Are you certified as a certified export specialist? You want to talk about the market, I'm talking about importers, exporters, government, service providers. I will tell you that the market has embraced the certified custom specialist as well as the certified export specialist. As a provider of service, when I get an RFP in my office, 15 years ago, I had one. It never asked me about training. Mm-hmm. If I get an RFP today for a new business, it, it actually specifically will state on that RFP, how many certified custom specialists do you have on staff? How many certified export specialists do you have on staff? Because they know that that is actually more important than are you a licensed broker? Why? Because a broker gets a license at a particular point in time and it's stagnant. But if he's in the program and he's certified, they know or they have a, a, a good feeling that these people are actually not only licensed, but they're staying up with the program. And the people that are underneath them that don't have a license are actually knowledgeable about the rules as well. Right. So that, that market, the market is what really develops the, the worth. I will tell you that ours is very, very well recognized. No, and I agree. I mean, uh, again, only because I see and we get clients, of course, and Cynthia probably sees this, um, and you, well, and you did uh, previously, Kiko. And by the way, uh, Kiko is the director of the NEI for the next, or I guess by this time, it, it, done, right? I guess now yeah. Cynthia. Cynthia is now Cynthia. the new director. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, um, um, you would see our request from our customers to to update their transcript because um, they, they need that um, continuing education to keep proving that, which which is great, you know, and and that, that relationship has grown and it's been great in, in the sense that um, we now have in the market, like you said, Kiko, is, is a mutual um, recognition that 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 people uh, view the your certification and and our continuing education as as a as a way to move forward and and continue that program. So so that that that's uh, really good. So um, so let's talk about this, Cynthia. Um, and and Kiko again has has uh, in the past uh, exhaustively tried to explain to me <laughs> how how this program <laughs> is going to work uh, for customs because customs is going to require uh, continuing education. Um, I guess it's been in the works for the past couple of years or so, but because of COVID or I guess other reasons, it's just been delayed. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about that. It's just the rule process in rule the federal process. government <laughs> and the process for publishing a new rule. So if you recall, and you may, maybe not, <laughs> probably down like three years ago or so, Customs put out an advanced notice of proposed, proposed rulemaking. Mm-hmm. So that's a step prior to the notice of proposed rulemaking, the NPRM. And that APRM was um, Customs' uh, effort to gather information before making um, a determination as to what the new rule would look like. So they went out with this advance notice, got a lot of input from the brokers, from the industry, from those who use brokers, who employ brokers, and went back, you know, into the government and then went about drafting the notice of proposed rulemaking. Rule, writing and drafting regs actually is, is very tedious work and it takes time. And, and actually the shop in um, Customs and Border Protection under the Office of Trade, Regulations and Rulings, 
it's actually a pretty small regulatory shop that writes regs for all of CBP and actually some partner government agencies. So this was put in the hopper like other proposed rules. And it was published last September on the notice of proposed rulemaking. So they came out and said, okay, um, this is what we are projecting uh, the requirements will look like and kind of a, a draft of the overarching program in terms of accrediting, accreditation, what content would be eligible for continuing education. For example, in the, in the proposed rule, it said that meetings would no longer be eligible, customs meetings, maybe association meetings. It would not meet the criteria for continuing ed for the customs. Hey everyone, we're getting ready for another annual ICPA event coming up the week of March 12th in Orlando, Florida. If you have been thinking of attending any of the ICPA conferences, this is the one you should not miss. There will be more sessions than any other conference with a guaranteed sellout, so hurry and get your tickets today. We are also excited to share that Simply Trade podcast will be in attendance and we want you to be part of our show. Listen to episodes 14, 15 and 16 to find out why you can't miss this conference. Broker. Um, but a conference could, right? A conference could. Okay. A government offered trade centric uh, event or webinar would automatically be eligible. So they kind of laid out some of that, um, you know, what it would look like. They, it even covered if someone was drafting or writing content that that drafter could get a certain amount of credits, but it wasn't an hour for an hour. They had some um, model of how you would calculate how many hours you could receive if you drafted content. So it was uh, pretty extensive. And so they had a 60 day comment period. And again, the industry was able to submit formal comments. Um, I think there were like 27 comments received. I'm just recalling. you know, some from associations and some from individuals. And then they go back in and, and to prepare the final rule. They're supposed to review every comment, every point made, and they have to respond to each of the comments when they come back out with the final rule. So they'll let you know the government agreed or they disagreed or they made a change and in the final rule and then they published the final rule. So that's where we are now. We're waiting for that final rule to be published. So it's been over a year. Um, and you know, once customs drafts it, it has to go through an approval process through the Office of uh, Management and Budget. So it leaves the agency, goes to the department, and then goes to the executive office, so to speak, and sits there. And then they look across the <laughs> entire government and say, do any of you departments have any issues with this rule? And so <laughs> that any department can have some, you know, opine and have some, some something to say about it. And then it goes, travels back to the agency and then to finalize and then publish. So it's it's a lengthy process, yeah. even when there's agreement, you know, okay. not a lot of contention. So right. that's- Which this, this has a lot of agreement. Matter of fact, 89% of the comments were for, or, you know, in favor of this okay. new rule, which is a very high mark. Uh, and one of the things I, I want to point out while we're talking about the notice of proposed rulemaking. So the Office of Bud- Budget Management has to do an economic study on, on any rule that's coming across their desk to make sure it's not uh, economically unfavorable. 
they want to make sure that this is fair for all people that it would affect. And so they did a study and, and there's actually a, a slide. If you, if you see the results of the notice of proposed rulemaking, there's a, there's a table there that talks about continuing education and the value that it brings to not only the government, but to individuals. So mm -hmm. in, that, in that slide deck on that particular graph, there's an eight to one ratio for people that are certified and people that are not, or people that are doing continuing education and people that are not doing continuing education, eight to one ratio on uh, your likelihood of getting audited. Wow. And, and penalties, uh, penalties was 11 to one. And wow. this is, so if you're doing for any company, whether it be through the NEI or any at your firm, if you have people that are on staff that are getting their continuing education, that company is likely to have an eight to one reduction in the in the in the process of possibly getting an audit. That's that's exactly. significant. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, you can. I mean, you, you need to stack the favors in your and you need to stack the odds in your favor. That's what I, what I meant You're to doing say. A yeah. huge, <laughs> huge plus in your favor by educating your staff, whether it be through global training through our certified custom specialist program, any form of additional training uh, comes, you know, comes with that caveat, right? And right. the NEI really is really a kind of a, a clearinghouse for people like you, Lalo, in your company. There's a lot of people that are doing training, but it's hard to find all the possible options that we have. Well, the NEI is basically trying to bring it all together as a school would and say, here are all right. of you great people that are providing education, take advantage of it, get your credits. And we're just uh, adding that certification to that process to make it more recognizable. Right. And that's what I've seen is that it, it, it's, um, although you guys already do that by providing a list of, 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 um, of, uh, educators, you're already per se filtering, like good content or, 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 or credible content, let's call it, versus, you know, somebody or something that's coming out there that's just a slight dick that may not even be a good training, right? I guess because you guys do vet. Right? No, right, right. You, you always vet all the, I know we have to submit every year and, and you, we get recertified or reapproved, I guess, for, for CCS credits and CES credits. So that's good. But, um, so that's the role, I guess, how's the role of NEI with the government when and if that, not if, but when that um, gets approved, uh, you, you're an accreditor or, uh, um, we would be an accreditor at that point. And again, mm -hmm. it's not going to be a monopoly where there's one accreditor that, um, right. Once the final rules are out, we'll know more, but uh, there will be a bit process that the government goes through uh, to find people that would like to be accreditors and recognize mm -hmm. as accreditors. And there'll be criteria within that process, which is, again, what's taking so long. These rules need to make sure they think through all of the requirements before they put that out. We will be an accreditor, right? Correct. Yeah. Along with yeah. Several other people, I'm sure, that are going to get into the game. Right. And I guess just to clarify, and so nobody gets scared about this, this is we're talking about the government requiring continuing education for those that are licensed brokers, right? I mean, it's not if you're an importer, you can continue to do what you're doing as long as your importers, I mean, your importer, I'm sorry, your brokers helping you doesn't mean you need to get certified. It's mostly uh, your broker. I guess that's a good thing. You, you ask your broker how, 
how's your uh, CC, uh, continuing education credits? I guess, or have you kept up well, with it, yeah. right? And so, right. You, yeah, you're gonna have two levels that you're gonna ask. One, you're gonna make sure, well, the government's gonna make sure that your broker is up to date. Otherwise, his right. license won't be valid, right? Because they're right. gonna make sure he's doing his continuing education. So that's mm -hmm. gonna be question number one. But question number two is how many of your staff are certified? How many of them are keeping up with the regulations? That's where the certified customs specialist designation is gonna be important, right? Exactly. Because because the government's not gonna ask about all the employees that are underneath the broker. They're right. only gonna ask about the broker's license and is he maintaining this knowledge? Which is good. Both right, positive right. steps, right? Exactly. No, yeah. That 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 totally makes sense. And that, that it's true. It's just that now there is a I, I know I know there's always this argument about more government and more government oversight is bad for, you know, whatever, you know, that like you, you don't want the government controlling every aspect of your life. But there are cases like this, you want to make sure somebody's looking after you. And can you imagine? I mean, we've seen it all the time, right? I mean, we you you read about and you see how a broker just process something for you when they should enough because they they should have known better i guess or, or or they were not aware of that regulation or whatever the case may be i mean you guys have heard it a million times more than we have i think it's definitely a good thing for the industry because when you look at other professionals that have licenses that are issued by a government body they have to maintain continuing education mm -hmm. if you are if you're a lawyer and you, and you if you Doctor, are yeah. a real estate broker they have to take so many credits a year they have to a real estate broker and so here we have in this field a customs broker who's been a linchpin for over 100 years in moving international trade you know in and out of the u.s and um, it just is a logical step that the government would require that these individuals that they license maintain their knowledge of the industry right. because it's almost like, you know, the government giving a seal of approval and then um, that person goes out and they show that seal and of approval, the license, <laughs> but maybe the person, as Kiko mentioned, they, they never stayed abreast of, of things that are going on. We know the industry is very uh, dynamic and it's getting increasingly complex. And this is a step that is helpful to the industry writ large. It's protecting those who would enlist the services of a customs broker. And quite honestly, a broker is, is integral to moving cargo these days. You know, Lalo, right after 9-11, uh, Robert Bonner came out with these twin pillar concepts, facilitate trade, uh, have more security. It's a real delicate balance. And, and I always tell people that I speak with a customs broker, importers and exporters, anyone involved in international trade, we're all so important to the economic health of our country. The better we can do our jobs, uh, the, the better flow of goods, the better it is for the economy. But at the same time, that's that, that facilitation side. But at the same time, we need to make sure that the data that we're giving our government is good enough for them to do their security profiling and make sure that it's safe. And mm -hmm. if you're giving bad data in because you don't know be better, then they're they're it's skewing the right result, right? It's it's not helping the results. So along with this training, along with these certifications, along with the uh, increased professionalism of this aspect of trade, uh, all of that comes with better security 
which CBP, that's one of their charges to make sure each and every one of us are safe at our homes in the United States. So it, it goes way beyond just the transaction. It, it, it goes into the safety and security of our own people in this country. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, gosh, we covered quite a bit here. I mean, I don't know um, if there's anything else you all, you all might want to add. I mean, I'll, I'll let you guys close uh, that, that, that for me is um, very educational. What you just said, uh, it, it, it helps. I feel for the audience, it's a career uh, development uh, opportunity, let's call it, you know, because I may be sitting at my desk and doing importing for 10, 15, 20 years. I don't have a license, but I want to level up or tell my, my employer, look, this is how valuable I am to you. Let me show you. And here's my certification. And when they see that curriculum, I mean, I'm telling you, <laughs> I saw that curriculum. We, we try to teach to that curriculum to help people along. I mean, that certified, the CCS and CES, I mean, it's, it's like, it's no... Yeah, that's that's like real. I mean, in-depth stuff. I mean, you're you're talking about fifty plus hours of of um, content that that you have to go through, right? I mean, and it's how how long is the test? Or is it how many questions? Is it eighty questions or eighty questions? Eighty questions. Eighty questions. So eighty questions, and so you know, you're you're really covering quite a bit on there. So I, I really I really have seen that. But any closing remarks or anything that you got you all may have, you know, I'd be. Uh, leaving it up to you all. So, um, Lalo, I'll say we'd be happy to come back again once they publish <laughs> that final rule. Sure. If we haven't, like, retired by then. <laughs> like, really retired by then. We'd be happy to come back. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, we'll definitely want to have you back, rule. yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're looking forward to seeing uh, many of your listeners at Global Trade Educational Conference in, in July. Oh, yeah. Uh, the end of July. And maybe we should mention that. Yeah, let's say that there is a conference that the NEI puts on um, that is exclusively for the NEI. It's not an NCBFA. Well, it is indirectly, but it's an NEI event called GTEC, which is the um, the Global Trade Education Conference. Yep. I hope I got that right. <laughs> so, and that's that. This year, it'll be in July in Oklahoma City. Correct. That's July, right. July thirty first, August first, in Oklahoma City. Yep. So we look forward to having a lot of your listeners join us there. Uh, one I, one last comment before we close, Lalo. You talk about yes. careers, right? Uh, and and a lot of people don't don't rule out working for the government either. Customs and Border Protection is one of the larger employers in this country. If you had the knowledge of import or export it, as part of your background, whether it be through us or yourselves or whoever. You are a fantastic candidate to work for CBP. These people are always looking for people with that kind of knowledge to work within their own ranks. So a lot of people look at, at well, I don't want to, I don't want to go into that because I don't want to get into law enforcement. You have to know about this stuff to be a part of it. And right. importing is 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 not easy. It's complex. So your training, what we do here at the uh, NEI and other people. Providing that knowledge increases that ability for someone to get a career, not just in a, with an importer in a compliance department or with a customs broker within their group, but with the government as well, working for CBP or FDA or some of these other agencies that control international trade. 
Exactly. Yeah, and uh, and Cynthia is a good example of that. I mean, she there came from CBP. A licensed <laughs> broker now. Uh, oh, now. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> and, 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 and in closing, just we just wish everybody a, a happy holiday season and yes. with family and, and joyous as, as well. Yes, yeah, same here. And uh, thank you all. Um, uh, for sure, we'll be seeing you in 2023 with, uh, with that conference and any other conference because I see you guys at, at other conferences too. Yeah. So, you know, I love, I love uh, meeting and running into you all. So, um, yeah, thank you all. And uh, for sure, we'll have you back. I mean, there's always content that we could cover. So, so um, thank you very much for being on this uh, episode. And uh, for everyone, look them up. Check our um, show notes. There'll be links to DTEC. There'll be links to their profiles to NCBFAA, NEI, and all the certifications that they provide. I, this is going to be a long show notes because <laughs> there's a lot that you guys offer. So we'll, we'll go ahead and put those on there. And, uh, and uh, thank you again. Thank you for, for coming on. Thank, thank you. you. Have uh-huh. a great day. Have a good one. Yes, Bye. you too. Uh-huh. Bye. Thank you very much for joining us. Simply Trade is brought to you by the generous contributions of Global Training Center. You can follow the show and GTC on LinkedIn or Twitter and other social networks. Make sure you check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. Also, make sure that you share this with a friend and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. We really like hearing from you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest in the show or would like to sponsor Simply Trade or suggest any topic you would like for us to discuss, please contact us via email at simplytrade at globaltrainingcenter.com or you can DM us on Twitter at simplytradepod. Thank you again for the privilege of your time. Happy trading. Not a law firm or an advisor. The topics and discussions conducted by Simply Trade hosts and guests should not be considered and is not intended to substitute legal advice. You should seek appropriate counsel for your own situations. These conversations and information are directed towards listeners in the United States for informational, educational, entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for legal advice. No listener or viewer of this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information on this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel. Information on this podcast may not be up to date depending on the time of publishing and the time of viewership. The content of this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error free. The views expressed in or through this podcast are those of the individual speakers, not those of their respective employers or Global Training Center as a whole. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast are hereby expressly disclaimed.